0: Hello, listeners. You are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. I am your host, Zach Gandra, and with me, as always, Steve Gandra, the inimitable and immutable Steve
1: Gandra. Yeah. So I thought at the last show you promised me you're gonna come up with another I word that wasn't as condescending well, I have, as immutable. It's not
0: condescending at all because I have a reason why
1: you're immutable. <laughs> I, but you're you're in control of the sound. You I mean you got all those dials over is,
0: there. The problem is the problem is you keep clipping, which means we're hitting peak redline levels with you, and I'm trying to maintain as best I can. But so my radio voice is too loud. Your radio voice is just immutable, and I need to do a better job. So okay, move it's away. It's a two-way
1: street. Move away from the mic, Steve. You're good, you're if good. If you laugh, it could peak the radio. The we,
0: dial. You know, we had a great show yesterday, uh, or last week, sorry, our last recording. This is a podcast and a live show. So uh, we had a great recording last week with uh, Herman uh herman shoot, forrest, I forgot, herman forrest yeah. from microsoft me being a Matt guy herman won me over yeah at least to liking a microsoft employee <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> and possibly wanting to go into a microsoft store wow he did a great sales job for all of the microsoft stores that Sound, he leads the tech team for.
0: oh yeah totally sounded like a great guy great show i also loved probably the greatest thing I thought was that he said was his uh, stuff about leading culture and leading teams and how he leads at Microsoft, which was shocking to me. I, I mean, I've never been in the sales department, and all of my friends are, are video game programmers, so they work on different schedules and different contracts and and different stuff. But uh, to hear to hear how Herman's leading in his department was very refreshing. Yeah, it and, was extremely refreshing and uh, a good time. So make sure you go to excellentcultures.com and listen to that if you haven't heard it, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So I'm really excited about our guest today. Yeah. I asked uh, I asked Paul, I've known Paul DeVario for a few years now. First met him when he was one of the senior managers in the Scion division of Toyota on a take our good culture to greatness project that we were doing. And uh, Paul is kind of a, a seasoned warrior with a lot of our Excellent Cultures data tools. I know that Paul is a great leader because I have statistically valid scientific data to prove it. To prove it. Yeah, you, to are, prove are, it. You, are you going to read that to us uh, No, no, we're oh, not going to read the confidential. Data. it's confidential. It's confidential. Darn it. Yeah. Darn, Paul, our, Darn our, Paul, our privacy Paul, policies. Yeah, Paul could read it to you if he wanted to. But all I can tell you is that uh, we just finished our second round of leadership calibration at uh, the Toyota Marketing Division where Paul works now. And so far, he's he's got like the top score. So he's doing something really great. And this comes from anonymous feedback from the guys that call paul their boss yeah good stuff you know this is not one of the guys that gallup ceo uh jim clifton calls the managers from hell yeah you know his uh new memo cover memo for the gallup poll no this is the manager from heaven all
0: right Uh, so paul welcome to the show and here's the clap track yeah Glad to have you, Paul. Well,
2: well, hello, guys. It's great to be here virtually. I, I thought you were there talking about someone else, not myself. <laughs> no, that was he's,
1: he's also humble. He's also we humble. like that. We like that. So, hey, Paul, uh, uh, tell our listeners about uh, the work you do at Toyota and specifically Toyota marketing. Everybody knows Toyota as like you know the number one car company in the world, and f- you know Fortune 10 and above but I don't think they understand you know, how we do things in America versus the rest of the world, and specifically you know, mm-hmm. the job that you guys do at Toyota Marketing. You know, our, our listeners would love to hear.
2: Well, so, so we're a big group, Steve. We, we are 160 team members um, carrying functions from advertising, media, analytics, and strategy, which is my group. We've got a product marketing group. Um kind of product management group um, incentives group. so a large a large team, but you know as I step back from all that and think about what we really do, it's it's really building demand in the marketplace for the Toyota brand, the Toyota brand, of course, and and Toyota products. Um, and so you know some of that's done through relationship building, through events even, uh, some of it's done through marketing. In my team, my role, my team is strategy and analytics. So we, we work on efforts that kind of transcend across the whole marketing department to build, um, KPIs, um, modeling to help facilitate, you know, measurement on, on our spend efficiency, our spend eff- effectiveness. But we also develop strategies from business model strategies to branding strategies. Um, again, that go across the organization. So we really are a group that has, to, you know, is tasked to collaborate. I always say to my team, you know, we are kind of, in some ways, walk a line between internal consultant, but also partner with the rest of the marketing organization. Well,
1: what what, what would also be helpful, I think, uh, explain a little bit about the difference between the U.S. company, you know, Toyota Marketing Sales USA. And, you know, Toyota Motor Car Company and how you guys connect and how that works, because I don't I I think our our listeners just know Toyota, but they don't realize that you guys in America are, you know, specifically focused on the American market and the work that that we do in the United States.
2: Yeah. So so first, you know, we are we are North America is about 4000 team members. And we we have 1,200 dealers. Um, in in the marketing organization, we have um, you know some support from TMC. We say Toyota Motor Corp, our parent company, but really uh, because we are part of the sales division, you know, in a lot of ways we have a lot of freedom. Um, we are closer to the market, closer to the customer, closer to our, our dealer partners. So there's a lot of freedom given to us. As you go up the chain and towards the product and up the, up the chain and into manufacturing even, um, there's more contact with TMC, but we really run our own business, um, in, in the marketing organization and in North America in a lot of ways. So there are, you know, we have, pro- of those 160 people, we have probably, I think three. That are from TMC and they do a rotation to help really partner with us to um, to in a way help us work with TMC um, more effectively. So so we are we have a lot of I mean we feel like a real uh, an American it is very much an American company here. Um, obviously that's important because we're selling to that to the uh, the guest and the customer the end customer. So to be in touch with that um, is important.
1: Sure, and and uh, TMC Toyota Motor Company is in Japan, right? Yes, that's and, right. And they you, are in
2: Toyota City.
1: And you guys are headquartered in L.A., soon to be Plano, Texas, Dallas, right? <laughs>
2: that's right. We've got a, we've got a uh, another couple of years. Twenty seventeen will will move. So most of the organization will move at that time frame.
1: Yeah. So I mean, one of the things that uh, here at Excellent Cultures, you know, having the privilege to work with you guys to build your culture, you know, that we're so impressed about is, you know, given the time frame that we started this uh let's make our our marketing culture the best in the world in the industry project about a year and a half ago or so, uh you know, just looking at the data, you guys have gone undergone a massive reorganization and then all of your employees a few months back just heard Uh, from corporate that you're moving headquarters from L.A. where it's been for, what, about 50 years to, you know, Dallas, Texas, building whole new facilities and everything in a new strategy. So you've got folks that are going through just rapid, massive, convulsive change. And yet with your your leadership and, you know, your boss, Jack Hollis, who's been on our show before and some of the other guys has still managed to, you know, improve your culture some 81% from when we started, uh, which is huge and significant, and says tons about mm-hmm. you know the the difference that you guys are making just in in how you lead, and you know what you're doing to support your people. Um, can you yeah. are you able to talk a little bit about the transition and the move, and you know what's in in the public forum now, just so that our listeners yeah. can get a feel for you know some of the the challenges your folks are going through.
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to, Steve. You know, I, I think um, you, you, you're absolutely right. And um, well, first of all, we, we made the announcement internally to 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 our team members. I think that was spring of last year. So I think we've been now about 15 months on that announcement. Um, and and it and it really it, re, it really was was a shock. It was surprising. Um, you know, you went through kind of the stages. Of uh, as you'd expect, um, and they, this, each stage probably lasted several months. So now, 15 months later, um, it's 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 part of our dial. Uh, it's part of our dialogue, our vocabulary, and and something great. Not just about the marketing organization, but Toyota North America, Toyota as a company, is that we really do have an openness, a transparency. So. And, and I would even say in, in our team that rings very true where we know and recognize that this decision is, is huge and life-impacting for everybody. And so just to put that on the table and to for those team members that want to talk about it um, and, and the fact that we've acknowledged that everybody plays a role in our success today – we recognize that everybody won't move uh, with us. You know, we are going to lose quite a few of, of our team members, um, and even senior management will lose some, that still we need their engagement uh, today. And so it's, it's been a great, it, in, a, in, a, in a way, it's been a lot of, of great open discussion so that people are starting to be able to really show their cards without feeling that there's going to be repercussions because maybe they aren't going. Um, it's still tough for many people and and as long as we acknowledge that, keep that open, I feel like we're moving in a, in a lot of good ways forward rather than hiding it or you know kind of feeling like people can't talk about it so the openness that our culture has already created is is more than half the battle of of really coming through here strongly and again achieving that that index increase that you mentioned there, Steve.
1: Yeah, well, I know, again, uh, listeners, I'm speaking from data. This isn't subjective opinion. This is statistically valid scientific data uh, compared against a worldwide database from uh, organizations in every nation on the planet, every civilized nation on the planet and, um, you know, these guys have just done a phenomenal job, which is why we wanted to have Paul on the show. And then even looking back to a couple of years ago when you were with the Scion Division and, and in the leadership position there, uh, I seem to recall that at that time, you know, in the midst of our let's improve our good culture and make it great project, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Toyota All-Employee Satisfaction Survey came out and you guys finished right at the top of the pile. So, uh, right. you know, I'm getting the time for a break sign. So we want to make time sure for a break. You, you talk to us about that when we get back. So, cause it's something that everyone should model after every leader. Should model after.
0: And let's throw in too, we can, they can go to our website, excellentcultures.com if they're interested, like, okay, what are these, what's this data they're talking about? I believe it's our case studies link. So if you just go to excellentcultures.com right case studies, you can see some case studies that we've done with uh, some scientific tooling as well as two podcasts with uh come with over, jack hollis man. jack hollis of yeah.
1: course but uh the, the doctor yeah yeah dr rob cook dr rob yeah, Cook, who, that's helped us to use that 40 years of statistically valid yeah yeah, yeah. Data we use it all the time so it's real
0: data it's really happening an 81 percent increase during a uh, a lot of transition times a big deal hey you're listening to biz culture matters on clay 1180 am and excellentcultures.com we'll be right back
3: Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? it's not just your corporate strategies it's your corporate culture excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast these guys really get it whether you're a family biz or a fortune 500 or a new biz and want to get it right excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it what they know for sure you don't need another consultant excellent cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms they go for the cure. Based on science they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data Not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire. Workers who love their work. And everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI.
0: We're back, everybody. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. Steve, you are. Uh, we had just talked about an eighty-one percent culture increase. D- define that for the listeners.
1: Well, uh, that has happened at Toyota. Well, uh, well, in essence, when we got started with the marketing division project, yeah, we gathered data from every single one of the hundred and sixty some odd employees and leaders who were their associates at at in Toyota language, right? And you know, we asked them to define for us the ideal culture that they wanted to work toward building. And we also asked them to define force, the current culture that existed at that point in time. And by way of comparing the two and the statistical gap analysis process, we identified three or four key areas that they wanted to work on. And since then they've been working on deploying strategies toward that to do that. And, and in essence, what we're saying is from where we started to where we are right now, um, 81% 81% better yeah. than when we got started. And what was the time timeframe? Uh, it was about 15 months. Okay. Yeah, yeah about That's 15 fantastic. months. So, fa- you know, fast change. And then fantastic. what I was talking to Paul about before the break, when, you know, previously when Paul was at the Cyan division in another similar project, only it was more of a, we've got a really good culture, we want to make it great. Um, I believe you guys were like the, the best in the, in the world in your employee uh, satisfaction scores on the Toyota Employee Opinion Poll, how in the world do you guys do these phenomenal improvements so quickly?
2: Yeah, Scion was was interesting. It was great. Um, so, so, first of all, for your list—some of your listeners might, you know, appreciate or relate to this—is that we were a really small team in Scion. We're twenty-five in Scion, or we are twenty-five in Scion. And we had so all the functions that I you know I mentioned Toyota marketing they got 160. We had all those functions and even then some in that team of 25. So you learn some really interesting things about teams in 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 a, in a high the need to be really high performing and and our group our team was was really in a way. There weren't any, I, I like to say to people in Scion, there, there weren't any games that you might see played in larger organizations because the group was so small. One, you didn't have time for it because you had to really work so hard. Everybody and so was fast. working. And, exactly. And, and two, it was a really open, it was physically, it was it was very open. Nobody had offices. Um, you could hear everything. So communication flow was outstanding. Um, I think that was... That was part of the secret, but also we had great leadership um, a lot of as, as you can imagine, with such um, so much lifting to do in the, in the, in that team, everybody had a lot of autonomy and freedom to make their own decisions, which is critical, I think in any great team to be able to set those goals, cascade them down to each individual, which is what we did in Scion, and then be able to run with it if If there was an idea or something that you wanted to do, it was usually you rallying you know, a small group around you to, to get something done, that, I mean, that, that environment was, was the ultimate engagement that I think, you know, is what it's all about. Because when you have engagement, that leads to, in so many cases, that leads to satisfaction and to performance, Yeah, um, which, which then relates to the end product of whatever your team is trying to deliver.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, Paul, take a few minutes and just share with us your, your vision of, you know, what is, what is... Uh, a high performance culture you know the kind of culture that you guys have decided that you want to build and sustain at Toyota marketing what is what does that look like
2: well it, it it relates to there's kind of some some big picture items and then down to the down to each each of our kind of more tangible items it 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 starts at the very top with engage, our goal being engagement and enablement. And, and what I mean by, by that, I think a lot of your listeners and you guys understand really well what engagement means. But enablement, to me, it's a, it's kind of a three-legged stool is that it, it's one leg is the company. The other leg is leadership, including myself. And then the third is, is that team member. Um, and, and there's a role for each of them to be able to provide, enable, whether it's the company providing the right resources, the leadership providing goals and, um, objectives and then, or the individual providing, um, you know, enabling themselves, telling themselves that they can do it, um, allowing themselves to do it. That's, that's kind of the overall, um, you know, path that I try to set for my team and the way to get there is, is freedom. Um, allowing them to, in a way, I really want team members that want to kind of run their own business in a way that it's all got to be towards a common goal, of course, especially when you have sort of marketing, but, um, I think in a lot of ways what that means is that going back to engagement, if they are really, if they are really contributing as if it's their own, they own it. I guess, you know, if they own it, you're going to get the best from them because they're going to be completely engaged. And with the efforts that we have in our team, I really need, you know, all of us need complete engagement, everybody, you know, working at their, their maximum, working at their full potential. And, um, Part of that is is ownership. Also, setting goals, as I mentioned. You know, we have, in my team, that's really important because in a lot of cases, we are setting KPIs because part of my team is the analytics side of of the business. For sure. And so setting goals and being able to track towards those goals real clearly, right? Setting objectives. We've had a lot of discussion in this new era about objectives, being setting clear objectives, measurable objectives, objectives that are realistic, but also... um, you know, force us to work towards them, you know, put a lot of effort towards them. Um, Yeah. And, and so, you know, the other thing is, is really inspiring the team members. We're all, we've all got in my team, we've all got huge mountains to climb on, on the different sides of my team. We're doing huge efforts. I won't get into those, but it feels sometimes very overwhelming. But if you always put the, put it in, in terms of, what are we really trying to do well we're trying to change in a lot of ways how we how we run the business how we do the business in a, in a much better way um, in, a mu- in a in a way much more tied to today's times whether it's societal changes or customer changes um, whether it's the retail side of the business even we're working on projects related to that and the business models because in our industry there's so much change going on that's driven by the end customer so everybody really feels connected to this this, um, these large goals that are almost so far even beyond one individual. And you feel a part of that. And that's what I think really helps motivate our team to know that you're making a difference.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's
2: my goal. I mean, that's that's my role is to help clarify that for them and make that, you know, make that real for them.
1: Yeah, that's excellent, Paul. I know when we had, uh, Dr. Rob Cook on the show not long ago, who was like, the 40-year culture guru who has gathered data from every civilized, you know, every organization, organizations in every civilized nation on the planet. And what he shared with us was that Americans have kind of overdosed on engagement at the expense of effectiveness, which is exactly what I hear you saying. I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you could have a very engaged organization, everybody happy and clappy and singing kumbaya and go out of business. Uh, but if you don't have enablement and if you don't have effectiveness to go with it, um, engagement isn't all that that there is. So, yeah, thanks for, for, for making that point and shouting it out. So, uh, for, you know, along the lines of this engagement conversation, Gallup is now telling us uh, for the second period in a row, the Gallup uh, employee engagement polls come out every October, you know, two years uh, uh, apart and this this is you know, the last one that came out a couple of years ago in October. We've now heard for the second time that American employees, 70-plus percent, are disengaged in their jobs. 18 uh, percent uh, now actually say on the confidential poll that they hate their jobs. And the most common reason is they, they hate their boss. Uh, Jim Clifton, the Gallup uh, CEO in his cover memo on the recent poll, called this this boss-hating phenomena – you know, uh, essentially pinned it on what he calls a new generation of managers from hell. Uh, obviously, this is not the case. Mm. This is not mm. the case at Toyota Marketing. Um, you know, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about and especially give leaders some advice on, you know, how can they accomplish this culture of engagement and enablement that produces effectiveness? Um, you know, what can they learn from the example that you guys are setting?
2: Well, I, I think this this is probably not ideal for everybody, but I have the benefit in my team of having so much work that um, when you have strategy and analytics in your title, in your team's title, um, it's like a magnet for um, for work. It, you know, every there's so many things you can put under that those two umbrellas, and so because of that, I have the luxury of allowing in some cases, and not all cases, and I recognize that some of your listeners won't have this ability, but in a lot of cases, my team members can choose some of the the projects that they um, want to work on, and that's a great luxury to have, because I I actually allow them to do that, and and when it can align with their strengths or their interests, then then you're halfway down that road of engagement. that's that's one of the that's one of the the ways is trying to align against strengths, which Gallup talks a lot about strengths, and aligning it with with the work. But also going back to what I was saying earlier is giving them the freedom, the autonomy to really own it um, and to take accountability for for where it goes. Not to focus on the mistakes because these things that we are working on are so large. I always tell my team members, you know, we're going to make mistakes, no doubt. Um, and and the the atmosphere is, you know, obviously learn from them, keep moving forward, um, and hopefully we don't repeat them. But it, it's something that that if you don't, if you if if that. Um, safety net, I guess, to say, is, isn't is there. They're not going to take those big leaps of faith that we really need them to take in my team. Um, the other thing is just related to enablement, and I'll just reinforce what I said earlier, which is enablement, I feel, is that, that three-legged stool where, whether it's resources that the company provides, whether it's it's what I'm talking about and, and trying to provide vision and objective setting, that's my role, and then the, the team member or associate themselves uh, enabling themselves, being, you know, being part of that team that takes a, a part of it is is partly free will. So I really feel like enablement is a three-way street in a, in a way to be able to, um, to maximize that. Um, but, but those two, I, we definitely, the vocabulary on our team is is about engagement and enablement.
0: It's beautiful. Very well said. Yeah. Uh, we got to take a break guys. We are already into our second break and you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. And excellentcultures.com. And we will be right back. Don't go away.
3: Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy. To-do list. Done. Supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say, rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500 or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data they read your company's culture from inside out think MRI they give you fast accurate bottom-line tactics they don't treat symptoms they go for the cure based on science they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data not warm and fuzzy psychobabble and here's the kicker you get supervisors who coach and inspire workers who love their work and everyone that's everyone not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI.
1: We're back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. Before the break, we were talking to our guest, Paul DeVario, from the Toyota U.S. Marketing Organization here in the United States, specifically in the Los Angeles area, Torrance, California. And uh, in, in the context of our conversation, we've talked a lot about this project that you know has been on the Agenda for the Toyota marketing organization for about the last fifteen to eighteen months of, you know, working collectively to become, you know, the best marketing organization in their industry, and how, even in a a environment of massive change and transformation, uh, these guys have improved their culture some eighty one percent since we got started, and Paul was was telling us some of his insights on how they've accomplished that. Paul, Paul what we'd really like to hear from you now. Is you know, as you know so very well, that the excellent culture's definition of culture uh, in a business is is more about the quality of relationship that exists between uh, employees and employees, but uh, especially managers or leaders and associates or employees. Uh, for our mm-hmm. audience, who's you know who's uh, looking at it from that perspective, and that and that mm-hmm. when you boil it all down. Uh, It's either, you know, uh, my boss is a manager from hell, as the Gallup organization has labeled them, uh, and I hate my job because I hate my boss, or uh, my boss actually leads me in a manner that causes me to respond with these, you know, proactive styles of achievement and self-actualization and, you know, caring about fellow human beings in the, you know, over task but not at the expense of task. And that our default drive is team mm-hmm. rather than silos. So, you know, y- you've done that exceptionally well. So says your scores, um, you know, talk to us about uh, how you've been able to operationalize the process of, you know, getting this anonymous feedback from your team, you know, in the form of data and then actually taking action on it. Because I, I know you've worked on on it very, very hard uh, and it hasn't just been something that, you, you know, you've taken passively and haven't done anything about. Once you got the feedback,
2: mhm mhm well, you know I mean, how I've focused on this journey that you know like you said, Steve, we started working together, you and I uh that was three years ago, i think, so my 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 work with excellent cultures the the measurements that i've you know gotten from um, my scores transcend that time period, and for me it's been. A very humbling experience, and whether you're going through a formal process that you know, following the excellent cultures process, where you're where you're measuring and then you're creating feedback loops like a Molo session, or whether you're doing it one on one. And in fact, I took it so much to heart that when I came into this organization and I wasn't sure where we were going with excellent cultures, I wanted to do my own Molo. I became such a believer in feedback and and what it was doing to the team and not just myself to really improve the effectiveness of the team that I was so hungry for it. Um, And it's really this open dialogue. And whether it's my team members giving me feedback about myself or my team members um, contributing on their own projects. And because we do work so collaboratively, I almost demand that openness. I, I mean, definitely I have to create it myself at the top of my team but they're really, I try, I try, and I probably learned it from Scion. What I said about Scion is that there really aren't any games played, is that if there's something festering, I really try to get it out. It doesn't have to be in the open for everybody to see, but I really try to get it out. I, and, and, and that's one thing about, you know, whether you're talking about engagement or whether you're talking about high-performing teams, is you have to, usually, a leader can see something going on and if not, then, then the radar is not tuned that well. But you have to address it immediately. You can't let things fester. Um, and so that's not that's not so easy. I recognize that. But um, openness is kind of one theme in our group that I try to um, be an ad, advocate for and an example for. Um, we talk about setting goals. I think our team is also. Um, about you know, we also try to have fun. We celebrate, you know, like I think a lot of teams, probably your listeners do. We we change the workspace so that it's more enjoyable. We um, we you know we go out to lunches quite a bit with, and celebrate with each other um, when we can. Um, you know, we've been known to go out for karaoke. So that's really important. I mean, that you can't underestimate that that those moments that you have with your team and that your team has with each other because. When I'm not in the office or when I'm not with them, it's always a great sign that they're able to to work with each other and collaborate with each other. That's that's very rewarding to see when you come back and you see them working together that closely. Yeah, I know. So those are just some of the some of the, the ways.
1: Yeah, that's outstanding. I notice in the conversation you reference, you know, the MOLO process, and you and I are familiar with that, and Zach is familiar with it, but all of our listeners are not. Uh, can you mm-hmm. share a little bit about? And MOLO, by the way, listener stands for more of less of and what we've discovered at excellent cultures over over 3 decades of helping helping business leaders and organizations you know make meaningful change in their cultures that result in you know return on investment for the business so that the the business numbers move as a result of the you know the people's relationships improving is that once we've gathered this data via the anonymous scientific poll that is not a 360 review it's a 180 you know it's basically you know, Paul's defining, you know, the type of behavior he wants his leadership to cause with his team. And they're going online anonymously and saying, well, boss, this is the kind of uh, behavior, this is how your leadership actually causes us to act and behave at work. And then when Paul gets to look at the data, it's about going back and having a transparent conversation with a team around, you know, what can I do more of and what can I do less of? So we get specific, actionable feedback, not just a lot of warm and fuzzy conversation or politically correct let's say nice sugar-coated things so that our boss likes us and we get promoted talk to us a little bit about how you've how you've been able to create that that level of transparency where your folks you know are actually communicating with you along the lines of you know not the politically correct don't step on a you know on a career limiting landmine move but you know what really counts and what really makes a difference
2: well, you know, you have to you have to walk the walk. At the end of the day, you have to be genuine, you have to be sincere. And you know, t- taking take let's take the Molo for example, and I've done it now twice with two different teams over the last couple of years. And if I was just to go through that Molo, walk out of the, the you know, the the 2-hour session that we have and and it is anonymous. So it's not my team. You know, they they get very frank, get very um Honest in in the Molo, but if I was to walk out of that Molo and and not change my behaviors because it is very much a behavior focus, one one my scores wouldn't have changed, but also more importantly, you know, it, it would have discredited the time they spent to provide all that feedback Me, myself and what I did even better. I think the second time was that I had a plan. After I mean, literally, I had a plan. I wrote it down on paper. As a result of of Molo and some other inputs that um excellent cultures had helped me so i I had my own action plan, and I shared my action plan not only with my my manager but I shared it with my team and I showed them my cards I told them exactly what I was going to be working on. And it wasn't everything it was first of all it was very specific and my, and and it was related to behaviors so um and i and i and I' referenced it even. I think my MOLO was about a month ago, and, and I have referenced um, in my conversations with my team and with my team members themselves one-on-one, I have referenced, you know, this is what I'm working on. You know, help me work on this. This is what I'm trying to do better. And so I'm holding myself accountable They see that so much so that they even want to have their own MOLOs. I mean, my managers now are asking me to have MOLOs, you know, you know for, for them it to be able to support them on that which is great so they see it working um and it it really is a cycle you know the cycle of of improvement self-improvement but it also links back to the team and they see that very clearly
0: paul paul how hard is that for you like i think we we've never actually asked anybody live on recording like it sounds like it's yeah. a, it's a simple process right but it's got to be somewhat personally difficult right <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, how hard is the process? Before, for example of going through a Molo and everything. Yeah. That process. Yeah, it, it it's not easy. I think the second time, as I looked at, you know, Cassian went through it before the rest of the Toyota organization, and then and then Toyota Marketing started that. And so I I'd, I'd been through it, and I and I saw kind of the, the question mark in people's eyes as they were and you know learning about this process so I was more comfortable but it the first time it is uncomfortable it, there's no doubt and I even told my team you know bear with me here <laughs> I'm gonna make mistakes here on this on this journey and um, you know you just have to really open yourself up and and that's not easy for everybody I, I understand that um, right. and it, it does get easier <laughs> but it's so rewarding you see you see the results really clearly clearly in the data um, and it And it really leads towards trust I think yeah. this this transparency leads to trust and dialogue and I think you know those are some of the themes that I see common in my leadership style that you know around freedom and trust and openness um, and transparency that help get towards the culture that I want to create in my team but it's not easy. It's a journey. I always refer to it as a journey. It's not something, it's not a meeting. It's not a one-time, you know, two-hour right. meeting that you come out of and everything's fixed.
0: But it's worth it. I mean, what you're saying is it's worth it.
2: Um, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it at the beginning of this that our team is working, my team is, and and the total marketing team is working on, on some really big things, whether it's launching a car or whether it's changing the culture, or or other projects that you know some of them I can't mention, but they are they are they are they are some huge mountains to climb, and yeah. you can't climb those mountains without everybody working at their best. Beautiful,
0: well said. Well, all right, we got to go to our last break, uh, Steve. You, you probably want Paul to get his coach's hat on. Right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's got so much information. We'll surprise
0: we'll surprise you on what that is right after the break. Hey everybody, you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 am and excellentcultures.com we'll be right back
3: remember when your company was awesome it was you against the world successful strategy to-do list done supersonic growth but over time the sharp edge gets dull and good is good enough why because companies forget that bigger is not always better that politics crush people innovation and creativity and before you can say rotten corporate culture social media posts are infecting your business the answer it's not just your corporate strategies it's your corporate culture excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast these guys really get it Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500 or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data they read your company's culture from inside out think MRI they give you fast accurate bottom-line tactics they don't treat symptoms they go for the cure based on science they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data not warm and fuzzy psychobabble and here's the kicker you get supervisors who coach and inspire workers who love their work and everyone that's everyone not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI.
0: And we're back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. We are listening and hearing from Paul DeVario. And uh, we just had a great third session there of the show of talking about the more of, less of process, the molo, the personal challenge it is to go through it and to do it, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, what what I'd like Paul to comment on, I mean, at, at Excellent Cultures... Uh, because our clients are businesses it 's all about uh performance, not warm and fuzzy and uh you know toyota is is the number one car company in the world, and this the automobile business the automobile manufacturing and marketing and merchandising and selling business is probably the most competitive business in the world. And yet you guys are working on changing and improving your culture in a large corporate environment where, you know, anytime you get past 200 people in any organization, political correctness comes in. And it's all about uh, telling folks what they what you think they want to hear and saying the Mm sugar-coated, politically correct, you know, sayings that help you get promoted and everybody likes you instead of you know, telling it like it is and really getting down to the nitty gritty of what really needs to change in order to improve in all of these relationships that ultimately make up the overall organizational culture that results in performance. Um, You know, this transparency, I mean, everybody talks about transparency these days. And, uh, you know, and even walking the talk, but paul we know that you're doing something different cuz we've seen your scores can you give us like you know one one quick example of of wh- how you have demonstrated you know uh, being transparent and, and trustworthy and humble with your team that you feel like you know is is working and effective so that we can our audience can get some specifics that they can model after
2: Sure, um, you know, I think for, for our some of our projects, which I won't get into detail, um, for me, you know I, I lend a balance between really being a part of, of the, the lifting, but also a part of the le- leadership. So for me, there are you know probably about half of my days I'm spending with my team members. You know, versus maybe other, ma- other management. And I, and I, I have to, I have to really be careful as my team is giving me feedback on that to, to walk that line carefully. But there are a lot of days where because my team is so small, but we're doing such big things, um, collaboration is key. And so for me to really be with them and, um, as well as leading them, you know, that, that, that fine line is, is important and and I think when you're in that environment this this transparency comes out um very clearly because if if you're only seeing your your team maybe once a week and um which is not our case I mean really it's a it, we're we're living with each other you know 10 hours a day and 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 so that transparency culture is there um daily because we're 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 able to see each other and be with each other and be part of you know the dialogue that I'm talking about um every single day it, you you can't you can't you can't hide it
1: <clears throat> well so um what's what's your best practice or proven process obviously uh, and, and let me kind of uh build a foundation for this next question obviously uh if you're faking it. Uh, you can't fake transparency because people know, and uh you know if you're mm-hmm. if you're just trying to be smiley and nice and happy face uh when in fact you're really angry or you hate something or somebody or uh, you know you're frustrated over a mistake, you know you can't fake it because people know i mean if you look at the research, words are only you know ten percent effective in communicating body language and tone of voice are there and especially when you're in a close working environment or even if you're sending an email folks can tell by the tone whether it's real or not so i mean what what do, you, what, do you, what do you work on specifically to get through you know to your team and to your colleagues as well cuz you're you know you're working with a lot of other managers at your level and above you as well what what do you do specifically in order to Uh, get through to folks that that it's real and you're not just faking it so that you can get something out of them that they may not want to give you if they didn't trust you or they didn't like you
2: yeah I, i i want to try to be concrete in the response um for me just my practice one thing you know i just i'll just leave it at one thing i think it, I, you said it earlier. I, I think it is so much about relationships, and we even say that in the marketing organization. That how do I how do I play that out? Well, it it what, what I try to do is when when I'm having you know we have as you can imagine at a company like this we have a lot of large meetings and uh-huh. to me sometimes those meetings are very ceremonial very formal and I think the, the relationship doesn't happen in those meetings those relationships happen more one-on-one um and so i'm always trying to make it a point to and, and even more so as a result of my molo i'm even hearing it from my team that i can even do more of of this is is meet more one on one and and what i mean is there's there's several purposes of why i do that one one it could be my team my team members right my direct reports where i'm trying to resolve something maybe it's progressing um, getting over some sort of challenge that we ha- are having maybe it's a maybe it's a, a um, you know a people problem that I'm having in my own team which happens um, or maybe it's a one-on-one meeting with another another manager another colleague colleague of mine that I need to build more relationship more bridges with because my team needs to be working with them all I'm saying is those moments, are key to really building transparency, relationship, for helping move those efforts forward so that when you are in those larger meetings, which we have so much of at Toyota, um, it it really happens, the decision-making and the the moment of change really happens in those one-on-ones. And so we do that a lot, and not just my level, but my my team, my direct reports, they do that a lot. They go one-on-one, they meet one-on-one, and I think that's just a cultural thing that I learned in Scion again that that really helps with effectiveness.
1: Yeah, yeah, very well said, Paul. So, you know, so many people think that having a great culture is all about warm and fuzzy stuff instead of high-performance business results. Um, The automotive business is about, as we said earlier, the most competitive business on the planet – um, you've got competitors nipping away at you every moment, and everybody is competing for the largest market share of who can you know who can take advantage of each opportunity in order to you know sell a greater percentage of your vehicle to the market than anybody else uh You guys do that better than anybody in the world worldwide. The last time I looked at the you know the fortune you know ten uh Toyota was right up there. So uh something's happening that really makes the business uh huge in terms of how you're able to operationalize all these, as you call them, quality trust relationships into true, you know, effective performance. I mean, it isn't it isn't just about uh warm and fuzzy, you know, let's all like each other and trust each other. It's about um winning. You know, winning and and you guys are winning and you keep winning and uh, you tackle adversity that many have not even thought of before. Uh, How do you translate, you know, put your coach's hat on for a second and if you can and and give, you know, these leaders who are listening some, you know, input or advice on what can they do in order to, you know, build the kind of culture that gets these kind of significant business results.
2: Yeah, I, I, I understand your question, Steve. I think in to be honest, in the automotive space and 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 we we struggle with this. When I say we, um even my team, but also senior management struggles with this is really what what are those levers that drive a sale. So we, we we try not to to be honest, we try not to focus on that those you know, those those end numbers too much. But I do I can respond to your question, um, in terms of you know, how to how to just create more um effectiveness, I think, in what your team needs to deliver. First of all, I would just say, you know, set a vision as as I've I've talked a little bit about, set a vision for the culture that you want. Have yes. a plan to get there and be open with your team about 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 talking about it, and I do that in my team. You might have heard Jack Hollis talk about that in his yes. the larger marketing team. But but really have kind of an end state in mind and refer to it often. Make it part of the vocabulary. You know, we say something we say something in the as as part of the Toyota Marketing World Class Marketing org- Organization. Are we there yet? Probably not. Are we on our way? We hope so. We think so. But it really sets. Kind of a, a stretch goal for us to be a world class marketing organization yeah. and and we remind ourselves of that all the time that that 's one of our goals um, and so how do, how do you get to that way well, you have to you have to set set goals, but you also have to measure them, understand the goals, measure them, and track towards them and We do that uh, with a certain process in our marketing department and within my team um, throughout the year. You have to focus on people and and we've talked about that and and really make it um, relevant to your team members um, both their their role as well as their contributions in the team um, and then and 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 then also you know it really helps to be to inspire as a leader and so whether you're talking about marketing Twitter marketing wanting to be a world class marketing organization or you're talking about your team trying to change you know the the way we sell cars, even um, those are huge, inspiring endeavors, goals that you're not going to get to overnight, or even in yeah. one month. And sometimes it takes more than years, and and that's kind of an end state of where we're trying to go. And so, reminding them of really where you're marching towards, and and doing that consistently, and and working into the vocabulary, and 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 how you talk about. Um, your progress is really important yeah, to be that. reminded, because then you're all marching to the same beat. You're all speaking the same language, and that's something that this new marketing organization. It's taken us some time, but we're getting there. We're all we're all starting to to speak the same vocabulary.
1: Yeah, uh, the last thing that I heard you say, and we're out of time, so we're closing. But Paul, you, you said it all. Uh, you don't overfocus on the market share or the numbers. You focus on the culture and the people and keep track of the numbers. And guess what? The numbers happen. You know, what a what a great lesson for our listeners to Absolutely. hear.
0: Absolutely. We're out of time, guys. Paul, stay on the line. We'll be right with you. You've been listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. If you just tuned into the show and you missed the tail end or you missed any of it, tune in excellentcultures.com slash podcast and you can get the whole show in its entirety. You've been listening to on Clay1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. Bye-bye.